Hi guys, welcome to another episode of A Kenyan's Experience. On today's episode, Cynthia and I will be chatting with Ian Mararo. I met Ian through my sister Wamboi. They both went to the same university in the UK and have been friends for years now. I am so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Ian's story is honestly so interesting and so motivating. He does not shy away from new opportunities. And in this episode, we talk about the importance of being open and not being afraid to fail. So for those of you listening, I really hope you find this discussion interesting and that there are things that you can take away and implement in your own lives. Feel free to share with us the different things that you have tried and what you have learned from those experiences on our Instagram at Kenyans Experience. And with that said, let's get into this episode. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of It's a Kenyan's Experience. Um, today's guest is Ian Mararo, and we are looking forward to an exciting conversation about his experience, his journey, and just hearing some of the lessons he's learned along the way and seeing how they can be helpful to you, you know, in future and as you're going on with your university and your different careers. Um, so to get, st- oh, I'm here also, sorry, with my fellow co-host <laughs> Cynthia. Say hi to everyone. <laughs> Hello. I'm we're always forgotten. Someone is always forgotten on this podcast. <laughs> so sorry. But I think getting it's used we to can it. see each other. Yeah, getting yeah. used to it. But no. Lovely yeah. to be here. Thank you. Okay, great. So Ian, how about we just start with you introducing yourself, telling us what you do, what you've studied, and we can go from there. Oh, uh, okay. Um yeah. My name is Ian, Ian Mararo. Uh I'm uh construction project manager um uh, i did although i did civil engineering for my undergrad uh i'm uh, i'm not a construction project manager i didn't want to do much of the design work so i did um my master's in the uk and my undergrad at uh, university of nairobi yeah yeah i think yeah and uh, do i need to say my age um not really no really unless you want to <laughs> no 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 it's cool it's cool i'm still yeah <laughs> You're still young. <laughs> still <Okay>. youngish. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned that you're doing um, project management in engineering for your undergrad because I wanted to talk a little bit about that. What was the reason or the motivation behind you moving from engineering more to project management? Oh, yeah, that's actually a good question. Um, so like for, because I was always interested in construction. So I knew I wanted mm-hmm. to do civil engineering. Uh, but my initial uh, work experiences uh, during my undergrad years were working with uh, road contractors. So like it was pretty interesting to me to see how construction works right from like, you know, funding to, you know, the project getting to site, the actual construction. So like uh, that, that facet of construction really uh, was really interesting to me. So and uh, that coupled with the design bit in uh, civil engineering, I wasn't really enjoying it that much. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty dope to see or rather to learn how you know how houses can stand and all that. But uh, first of all, I wasn't really good at it, and uh, it wasn't really <laughs> it was it wasn't really like uh, picking my interest that much. So I knew, mm-hmm. and especially the units I enjoyed in my undergrad were more to do with management engineering management project management and also so that coupled with my experience working as a contractor i knew i wanted mm-hmm. 
to study something that uh, looks at construction as a whole, like not just the design bit, like, uh, for example, how do you get funding for it? How do you procure land even after you finish designing and building? How is it maintained? So I looked up some stuff and uh, project management seemed like uh, rather it's it's what described what I really wanted, looking at uh, a project from a holistic kind of holistic view. So like that's how I ended up uh, wanting to do construction management, project management rather. And that's how I ended up doing mm -hmm. it, yeah. Wow. I mean, you, I mean, without even you um, giving away your age, you have a very adult sounding job. If I <laughs> myself. Construction project management is uh, right? it's quite a mouthful. <laughs> I mean, especially uh, yeah. start using words like holistic and funding and buying uh, land. I mean, yeah. that's my, that's yeah. my speaking. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I need to use all that English I learned, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So far, it's been good. So far, so mm -hmm. yeah. That's yeah. good. Nice. Um, I mean, it sounds like um, it's it sounds like you really picked up a job, or rather, you you took something that you said you're not so great at, but yeah. you didn't drop it completely. But you found that maybe you're more into leadership. Yeah. Exactly. Um, right. Right. So, how did you, how would what would you say was the thing that piqued your interest that I want to do leadership. You know, I feel like a lot of us don't realize that there's a lot of leadership positions in the things that we already enjoy doing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what was the experience in your university, in your undergrad that made you realize, aha, I love engineering, I love construction, but I think I'd be a really great leader someday. So like, uh, okay, I'll try and tackle this, not from like a leadership point of view, but like from a point of authority kind of. So mm -hmm. when I was in my second year in undergrad, because uh, we used to stay in uh, in Embarcasi Feather Estate when I was in my first year. Then in my second year, we moved to Kilimani. So Kilimani to University of Nairobi main campus, it's a really short distance. So I used to stay in Westlands uh, during my first year. So when I moved to Kilimani, I had a chat with my pops because where we were staying was, uh, it's a piece of his property. It has two small houses. So I was like, hey, let's do this let me see if I can find tenants for my classes. And then they pay rent. The money I get from that, I maintain the property and the remainder, I'll use it as my stipend, like my allowance. Yeah, so like I started there in 2012, like 2012 in, uh, yeah, February 2012. So basically I was like a landlord. And uh, that position of, you know, being able to, somebody's calling you, there's a problem sorting it, you know, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I need to bring this guy's Wi-Fi, you know, that like increasing the proper, the value of the place. Mm. That means I can also increase the rent. Oh, sorry for that, guys. Uh, yeah, so like uh, that's what actually made me feel like I want to get into a position of authority. <laughs> so like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so in terms of engineering, it takes kind of like uh, you need to be first uh, uh, graduate engineer then you get registered before you can handle like a whole project by yourself as a project manager yeah you can't I mean of course you don't start directly like managing big projects but you kind of like an apprentice to someone and then all of a sudden it's you chairing meetings you know it's you getting calls it's it's it's, it's I mean it's surreal sometimes because uh, a place where I was an internet I was like a few months ago, I called them to ask them, like, hey, I have this project. Do you guys want to bid mm -hmm. for it? Like, it was just, like, I'm the guy deciding whether these guys should bid for this project or not. So, like, yeah. So, I think for me, 
for me it's one of the authority thing to be honest like yeah and mm-hmm. uh, but like uh, the thing about leadership is to also like uh, want to be like uh, in a leadership position where especially where like I'm trying to encourage or like mentor young guys so like mm-hmm. uh, for example last year from October till December I had an intern and literally that was one of the best moments in the office because uh, she just finished uh, high school she was on her way to join university so she just wanted to know how the construction industry is and like those three months were actually really the best for me because I got I got <laughs> I got the opportunity to take her through what I really enjoy and like you know give her the do's and don'ts and all that stuff like yeah yeah but like I still I still have a long way to go to be like a proper leader the leader I have a picture in my head yeah wow that's amazing i like that you really enjoyed the whole mentorship thing because that's pretty much the point the point of this whole podcast we're trying to encourage and motivate people in different fields in different areas so the fact that you're actually able to do that in practice is just admirable i think yeah thanks (laughs) yeah um and i think also um hearing just that it was a girl as well when you said that i was like yes you know like <laughs> no i think i mean i think it's amazing our first guest she was uh she's a she's a woman engineer female engineer as well and yeah. i think it's great we were we were talking that episode about how you know talking about males in our lives men in our lives who have you know supported us through that journey as well they're very important so props to you for that yeah yeah, yeah cynthia is a very huge encourager and motivator of women in STEM as an oh, aspiring okay, medic- cool. uh, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> soon to be doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, nice. yeah. So you said you did your undergrad at which university? University of Nairobi, uh, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Chogiku. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> that's what we call it. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's ridiculous because yeah. When uh-huh. you join that university as a, you know, your first year, like they keep telling mm-hmm. you, you know, you are in the University of Nairobi, you know, there is oh, no yeah, other university. Nice. Yeah, exactly. There is no other university. They're telling you there are universities in Nairobi, but you are uh-huh. the University of Nairobi. So like they, they try and like brainwash you to, to like make you realize <laughs> you're the best university in the country. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have definitely had that a lot from my parents as well. <laughs> but what I wanted to find out, what was your experience like applying um, for uni, for Kenyan University, like from high school to uni? Did you get any help from your high school? Uh, just basically, what was that whole process like? Yeah, it's, uh, I was thinking about this and I was like, uh, this was like about 10 years ago, yeah? Uh, so if I can remember correctly, because I, I won't lie, I can't remember properly. Like from high school mm-hmm. in form four, you choose the course you want to do, or is it, uh, you choose you choose the unis where you want to go and the courses you want to do. So I think you choose uh, your two, your three top universities or something. So mm-hmm. like uh, your KCSE marks, your final year uh, exams in high school, determine which university you go to. So I funny thing about my me joining undergrad i missed so i knew i wasn't going to go or rather when the marks came out i wasn't called to university of Nairobi. i was called to uh, masinde muliro but i wanted mm-hmm. to go to university of Nairobi. so i missed the deadline to join uh the university in 2009 so like literally spent a year out but uh, in 2010 i applied so like it's something i i can't remember the process of actually applying as a parallel student but mm-hmm. I know uh, through the regular system, you choose the unis when you're in high school in your final year where you want to go. 
and uh, what you want to study. So your marks, basically your marks and I think the school where you're coming from determine uh, which uni you go to because it's not always a guaranteed because also the system yeah. gives during my time, I think it's more or less the same now, they give preference to uh, students who are in government schools over private schools. Yeah, yeah, because okay. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's how it was. Yeah. And from what you remember, do your teachers sort of have a hand in helping you choose what degree you want to do, or do they just like throw you on the deep end? Oh wow, yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think the teachers had a had any hand in choosing which schools we wanted to do. Actually, no, like yeah, it was mostly our folks actually. Like because uh, okay. you know, I think that process happened. I think it's third term or second term. I'm not sure. So like mm-hmm. already you've had a discussion with the folks because they know this bit is coming because they have been through the, or rather they know the process that's coming. So like yeah. they'll ask you what you want to do, uh, which uni you want to go to. So like for me, because it was engineering, uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, but they're like li- there were limited choices back then in terms of engineering. Mm-hmm. So it was either University of Nairobi, uh, J. Coat, and like the Masinde Muliros and the others. Uh, Funny thing about Masinde Muliro, when I joined first year at University of Nairobi, they told us the graduating class uh, for civil engineering in Masinde Muliro will not be recognized by the Engineers Board of Kenya because yeah. that institution did recognize the civil engineering degree for the university. So it was more of like a mix-up for the uni. They hadn't like, because to to teach certain courses, in the, I think it's all courses uh, in university, mm-hmm. Yeah, it needs to be aligned by I think it's a law like or the regulating authority or something like that. So like mm-hmm. the engineer engineering board of Kenya had no clue that Mosinde Moliro was doing civil engineering. So like I was like, yeah, at least I kind of like dodged a bullet over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, that is like a lucky break. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. But like they sorted it out. Yeah. Because now guys go most most places are for engineering actually. Yeah. Okay. And I think a lot of people also don't realize that with engineering, it's sort of like being a doctor because you need to have like a year, like an internship, and then you're certified. Like you can actually look up an engineer on the internet. Like there's a, the same way you can look up a doctor's registrations, the same way you can look up an engineer's registration. Like not just anyone can Ask say they're yeah. an engineer. Yeah, you can look up their accreditation. So when yeah. someone comes to you guys telling you they're an engineer, look them up. <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> yeah. true. And, and and in fact, for engineers, it's more because I, I don't know about doctors because I feel like for doctors you go to you go to school and it's school combined with uh, the actual practicals in the hospital or the actual job in the hospitals. So for engineering, the school doesn't help you get a job. Mm-hmm. So once you finish your your uni undergrad degree. You need to find a job, and like uh, now, you start looking at what do I need to do before I attain uh, a registration. It takes a minimum of uh, three years, actually, after you if, after you graduate. Wow. Yeah, they say a minimum. They say a minimum of three years, but most people it takes them like four years, one and a half, because like the first half, mm-hmm. the first year out of uni, you're not really getting the job you wanted, or like the experience you're getting is not in line to the path of mm-hmm. registration. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, in fact, there's there's always been. Uh, a lot of uh, quarrels from engineers in, with respect to the registration body because there are so many people who did engineering, but like very few registered engineers. Like, yeah. 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 Wow, that must be <clears throat> tough. So, how long was your degree? I'm assuming six years or five? Actually, it was five. Yeah, it was five, five. years. Uh, 
get get this five years mm. the first two counted for nothing so literally yeah. your degree starts counting from the third year yeah yeah so basically you could have done it for three years <laughs> exactly exactly like yeah yeah because every time we ask them about this they say it's because you know in the old system high school used to be six years so when they changed the system, we took those last two years and put them in the... Because engineering, a long time ago, used to be three years. So they, mm -hmm. they, they added the last two years of high school too. Because literally, it's IB. It's form five and six. Because they're doing mm. maths, science, uh, I mean, chemistry, physics, like, yeah. Okay. My, as in, like, literally nothing to do with civil engineering, to be honest. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. So what was the time in between you completing um, your undergrad and joining your master's, how long was that? What were you up to? Okay, it was, uh, yeah, it was one year because uh, I finished okay. my undergrad in, uh, I think, May 2015 and I went for my master's mm -hmm. in uh, it's September 2016. So, okay. once I finished, of course, I needed to take a break. I mean, I'm like, I've just spent five years in school. Like, let me yeah. bum around. I remember I... Uh, I did, I think, about two or three months volunteering in the Kenya National Library. Actually, that was actually that was also a very good time. Actually, I get to meet the ladies for the library. I never knew. You never know how many people use a national library until you until you're working in it. Like it's it's just amazing how much, how my how many people use it. It's such a big resource to them. So mm -hmm. I did that for like uh, I think two or three months, and then uh, I think from like around June or something, uh, is it June or July? I got mm -hmm. this idea of uh, uh, taking a shipping container and uh, fabricating it into like a one bedroom house, whatever, for to, to let at the place okay. where I was a landlord at because there's space. Like, yeah, yeah. So I just needed to uh, talk to my dad for permission to put the thing there and then uh, talk to my mom, of course, for help with funding. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that one kept, kept me busy for like three or four months. Like, uh, yeah. And then October that same year, mm -hmm. I got an internship with uh, the Kibera Relocation Action Plan. So they are building permanent houses for the uh, people living in Kibera next to the railway. So they're demolishing the Mabati structures and mm -hmm. then uh, building permanent houses for them. So from October till December, I was uh, I was working I was working on that site at the same time trying to get my container container house up and running. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, oh, wow. yeah, 2016, got another internship at uh, Howard Humphreys. Uh, at the time, one of the leading engineering firms in the country, actually. Very, uh, mm -hmm. I had a really nice experience there. My initial, I started in March, actually. Mm -hmm. My initial contract was for four months. But then I told them, when my four months was almost up, I told them, I'm going to do my master's. Uh, can you just give me a two-year extension? And they're like, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> and they gave wow. me a two extensions. So, like, I finished my internship end of August, September, uh -huh. preparing myself to go, and then boom, end of the month, I was out. Yeah. So, like, wow. a year. Yeah. I talk feel like about... you, you said so much. <laughs> I was going to say, talk about work experience. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was, wow. I was like, it just, it was just one after the other. Right. And I love how it, it's, yeah. And I love how you leveraged, you know, with the with the internship, Howard Humphreys, to tell them, you know, hey, I'm I'm going for my master's. Just just hold the phone for me, you know, I'll be back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think uh that speaks a lot to your character. Um, and I just wanted to find out sort of like how 
what what was the process like to get these internships because i mean i don't know i know this was about you know 2015 2016 you know five six years ago but yeah. right now in kenya anyone who's up you know just finished university getting a job anywhere it doesn't even yeah, matter what it is you're gonna it's, do yeah it's yeah. difficult you know what i mean it so whether were there people that you knew resources ear to the ground uh walk us through it yeah i wish i wish i could tell you it was through my own uh, blood and sweat but no uh it was uh, it was people like uh, my mom knew so so she will she will make the initial introduction so i go with my cv okay. we have like a semi interview and then uh, they decide whether they come back to me like a week later telling me when to start and stuff like that like yeah so it was just uh, that helping hand to get through the door and then mm-hmm. yeah it's for me to try and prove to prove why my mom like requested this meeting kind of like yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. unfortunately like uh yeah it's always been it's all it's tough i won't even lie back then it's not even just now even back then it was just tough getting proper employment like uh, they were very i mean they were there employment opportunities are few but opportunities are, are, are many it's just that employment tends to be a really good way to gain some certain skills and experience before you now you decide to like you know chart your own path but like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. I won't even lie. Like, yeah, yeah. Were, were there like important skills you picked up when you were working in the library, would you say? Because I feel like, you know, you're an engineer. You've just been doing five, six years of your life, you know, studying really hard mathematics and physics. And then here you're working in a library. Were there, because I, I know a lot of people, um, I've been listening to podcasts and they, and they tell you that you should pick an experience that is going to give you the skills that you need it not necessarily may not be the job title but give you the skills that you need so were there any mm-hmm. specific skills that that really odd job gave you yeah so working in the library like i might seem like a happy go lucky guy but i tend to be blunt sometimes so working in the library actually what it gave me was uh, that uh, relating with people like customer customer service mm-hmm. kind of thing because sometimes i used to work on the counter so like you know it's somebody's mind, like, you know, like, what you're looking for, how can I help you? So that's actually one thing that it really helped because you're meeting all different types of people. Mm-hmm. So it helped. It made me realize, first of all, just not to judge guys, like, you know, like uh, everybody, you know, if anybody asks for help, like, and you're in a position to help, then why not? Like, yeah. yeah. But the most, I think the main thing I learned from the library was uh, just that, uh, do I call it customer service, interrelation skills, like interpersonal mm-hmm. skills per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm still trying to develop because uh, many times I've been told uh, I'm too blunt. My my <laughs> boss tells me I write emails like I'm always in arbitration. So like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really funny. I had a manager, um, who she was the sweetest person in person but her emails were just like whoa you're just like, <laughs> what did i do so i i understand that yeah, <laughs> that skill yeah. of of working and communicating with people is important and it's yeah. good to see that you know you're putting it into practice even all these years later yeah um so you've it seems like from all your work experiences they've sort of been construction related how did you know you wanted to get into construction Ooh, yeah, that's a tough one, yeah. Uh, not really a tough one, actually. Uh, this was from uh, high school days. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think they asked 
from one students uh, from two uh, what do you want to be when i don't know if you grow up when you finish uni. i remember saying a scientist because everyone's mm-hmm. saying a uh, doctor engineer i said a scientist i never knew what that meant because in my head a scientist was white lab coat chemicals what what and finding cures to stuff and whatever like uh-huh. yeah but then uh, i really i really like construction like basically because one day it's a vacant plot a few months later there's something standing there and uh 50 years later it's still standing there like uh, so for example uh some of the buildings we have in town the old ones like uh, archives I think mm-hmm. there's one Kipande house or something like, yeah, those buildings have been there for like uh, over 50, 60 years. So just to be involved in an industry where you can build something and last longer than your lifetime, as in you will, you will build it, you live your life, it will still be there, you'll die, your kids, your kids <laughs> may even see it and die and still be there. So like that was one thing that uh, attracted me to construction. And the other one is because it's, it's, it's real, as in it's tangible you can you can touch it it's something you've done and you can you can take guys i'm like yes i did that i did that and yeah, that mm-hmm. was me like yeah so there's that there's that feeling actually because even even sometimes when i'm driving around with friends or wherever in the car and we pass mm-hmm. by a project where i was working with like yeah i also do that i'm like yeah i worked on that building over there like, yeah 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 so i think it's just uh uh, one that it's tangible you can touch it you can see it like yeah and uh, two it's just that thing of uh, building something that's gonna last like a really long time mm-hmm. wow that's that's cool i guess it, it always it's always good to work with something that you, you know you can show the impact that you've had uh, on uh, exactly exactly yeah oh wow um so i want to move a little away to talking about your master's uh, what was your experience like applying for university in the UK, having done your undergrad in Kenya? Was there anyone who was sort of giving you advice or supporting you through the po- process? What was what was it all like? Okay, I remember because initially I didn't know because I didn't know which uni I wanted to go to, but I knew what mm-hmm. I wanted to study, and okay. uh, I knew it had to be like an English speaking country. So like it that leaves the the states canada uk australia new zealand so mm-hmm. i was also looking at the weather so like i narrowed down my choices to the uk and australia so okay. i think i just started searching online and i found uh, i think you might know this campus called unisol uh, they help uh, yeah. yeah they help yeah exactly so i went to unisol i'm like hey here's the deal like i want to study mm-hmm. this and uh, these are the two countries i'm looking at so they literally gave me prospectuses like many of them just go have a yeah. look through and, uh, and they gave me some few pointers. So one of the things they said were, was uh, Australia is expensive in terms of tuition because it's two years. Yeah. But it has better work prospects. As in after you finish, it's easier for you to get a job there than the UK. On the mm-hmm. flip side, UK it's one year. It's intensive, but it's cheaper. And uh, I think that was a year because they just, in 2012, UK had uh, stopped that thing of issuing post-study work visa. But now they brought it back because they used to give you a guaranteed, I think it was one year, two years after you studied your mm-hmm. master's or something. So I looked through the things and uh, yeah, Australia was really expensive. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like without a scholarship because I didn't have the, I didn't have the, I didn't get like a first class or anything. So like a new scholarship would be tough. Uh, mm-hmm. So I looked at the UK. I looked at some of the, some of the universities because here's the thing about the UK. I knew I didn't want to go to London because I knew also London was expensive. So I looked at through the prospectus. Then I also did my search online. Literally, it, I typed 
best universities in the UK for construction management. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the university I went to, Loughborough, was number two actually in that list. I think it was those, wow, uh, wow. yeah, those times higher rankings or whatever. So based on the mm-hmm. subject, yeah, I think it was number two, number three, something like that. But I know it was top five. So yeah. I start looking at it, you know, I'm seeing where it is. I'm like, okay, small town in uni, yeah, life must be what, what? I'm like, yeah, I think I just, I got fixated on it. I'm like, yeah, also, because it had, uh, it was like a one-site campus. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. based on my experience from University of Nairobi, like, it's massive, but it's all in one place. Just walk around, although yeah. it's long, it's a distance, but I don't have to take a bus across town to get to another building or whatever, yeah. So that's mm-hmm. another thing that attracted me to Loughborough. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So, settled in Loughborough. So, the mm-hmm. Unisub guys actually asked me, like, whether I wanted help in applying. Actually, I said no. I wanted to do it myself. Uh, yeah. So, I did it myself. All the information. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, all, <laughs> all the information was available online. That's what, as in, I think that's why I was uh, just eager to do it by myself. I'm like, this can't be hard. I'm like, just ask me for my documents. I'm like, what, what? Because I think applying for a master's is different for, than undergrad because I didn't have to write like a, a, like a, a statement of why I want to go to that uni. I didn't have to wow. do IELTS. Yeah, I didn't have to do IELTS. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, cool. Like, yeah. So literally, just cut out my documents, I'll fill in the form they had. And then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I only used Unisub actually to apply for the student visa. Because that was a new experience to me and all that. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the good thing also is like their services are free. So they yes. helped me prep for that, uh, that that visa interview thing, which was, in my opinion, they were making it look like a big deal, but it wasn't. I mean, at least for me, literally, I went there. I was asked three questions. What's your name? What are you going to study? And how are you going to get there? And I'm like, dude, like, yeah, my name is here. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> And uh, they're picking me up from the airport. And then they're like, oh, thank you again for your time. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I was, and I was done. <laughs> I was like, that's ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's how I got to go to Loughborough. Do you wow. know what? I think, I think you're lucky because yeah. my, my student visa interview wasn't that hard, but it wasn't as easy as yours. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the same. Uh, yeah, mine was just like I, I thought it was a joke, man. I'm like, is this is this serious? Like, why am I even <laughs> sitting in an interview room for this? Like, literally, jeez. It's true, yeah. yeah, yeah. But can we just say quickly, shout out to Unisa for helping guys. <laughs> really yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really, yeah. really helpful. Exactly. So, um, go ahead. I want. I wanted to ask. So you. So you did a master's before. I assume you did a master's before you were fully registered as an engineer, correct? So, uh, or did you? Uh, did you do uh, the three years that you were saying? Uh, actually, I'm not registered as an engineer. No, I'm. I'm registered as oh. a graduate engineer, but like I'm not. A, I'm not a professional engineer. Yeah. 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 So because okay, I knew. Right, I so... knew. I knew from my, with the time I finished my undergrad, I don't want to do design stuff. Like, yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. like appealing to me. But like, I wanted to know, you know, how it, how it works and all that. But like, that wasn't the path for me. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, but if I, if I can ask you why, so you went to the University of Nairobi. Yes, so yes. one <laughs> question. <laughs> so question number one is, why didn't you do your master's there? 
And number two is, do you think a master's was necessary uh, for the type of career that you wanted to build for yourself? Okay, why didn't I do my master's in the University of Nairobi? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, what can I say? I mean, I knew I wanted to study abroad. Uh, I wanted to spend one year doing my master's. Uh, University of Nairobi takes two. And... Uh, I mean, like, uh, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to badmouth the university, but uh, yeah, just badmouth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a I mean, it's, <laughs> it'll, I mean, it's, cause it's, a, it's a, it's a public university. So some of the, okay, let me not use the word public, cause the way University of Nairobi is run, it has a lot of bureaucracy, and also in terms of uh, just resources, you know, things available mm. to students. Like for example, my undergrad, I remember. I think I only came to realize in you know, fifth or fourth year that we had Wi-Fi in our engineering block or whatever. And uh, even oh. just getting connected to it was ridiculous. It's like the pin was all hush-hush or something. Like, yeah, it was just like, yeah, there's no way I'm spending, I'm, I'm doing my master's here. There's just no way. But uh, funny thing, like, because the construction management course, or rather the master's, it's not in the engineering department. It's like in the architecture and built environment department but still i was done i was done with uh i was done with the university of nairobi to be honest yeah it's it's those things where you know it's uh it's fun once you're done with it like yeah i was in the university <laughs> of nairobi yeah, but when you're in it eh, it's it's a struggle <laughs> it's it's a struggle <laughs> like uh i won't even lie to you if strathmore had civil engineering i will have gone to strathmore for my undergrad like yeah wow. i won't even lie like yeah Oh, wait, well, what was the second question? Yeah, so do you think, so, I, I mean, I guess you've just answered it because technically you did undergrad civil engineering and you yeah. had to have done a master's to get to become a construction project manager, right? Uh, okay, for me, yes, but like you don't really have to do a degree in a, a construction project management to become a project manager because you'll find uh, most of the guys are project managers, some of them were quantity surveyors, others were engineers, and others were architects. So it's just based on uh, where you started off in your career, especially people who worked with contractors. Like if you've worked with a contractor, uh, those, are mo- those are majority, the most people who become uh, like project managers because, you know, when you're working with a contractor, yeah, it's, it's purely construction. You, you're not involved, or rather here locally, you're not involved in the design bits. So for you, it's like, this is the project, we're building this, so you're managing your workers and stuff. So it's already, it's giving you the skills required to become a project manager. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, so a lot of people are getting into project management. I feel like these days, everywhere I go, some, there's at least one person who's into project management. What's all the hype about project management? Does it pay better? Is it more fun? Like, what is it, in your opinion? Uh, well, I think I think one thing that attracts people is the title. Yeah, it's the uh-huh. I mean, when you say when you tell somebody I'm a project manager, it sounds like yeah. uh, I mean, a yeah, big deal, a really important job and whatnot. Like, yeah, yeah, because I think in other fields, before you reach a status of being a manager, you need to have really put in some years or something. Like, yeah. Also, mm-hmm. uh. The thing about project management is it's the skills you get. They don't necessarily apply to only one field. For example, I'm doing uh, I'm doing my certification course next month to mm-hmm. become a certified project manager. Uh, it's called a, what? Project, ma- 
project manager project manager professional like mm-hmm. pmp pmp it's, okay uh, it's a uh, it's an exam done by pmi project management institute mm-hmm. so literally that exam is for anybody who's involved in project management no matter the field yeah as long as uh, so they have some certain skills or any try to experience to show how you've applied project management skills and stuff and uh, you'll find apart i think early days it was mostly construction and it that had project managers but now even like you know yeah, most 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 fields actually we tend to hear somebody's a project manager here or there so i think it's about the skills you learn especially in terms of uh, communication and just managing people managing a team like yeah mm-hmm. it's uh yeah it's it's just it's a big asset to to your self development but also, I mean, in terms of pay, like uh, depending where which industry you are, I mean, the pay is good. I mean, IT guys, I think financial guys, I mean, the money, the <laughs> money is good. I don't even lie. I think, funny enough, mm-hmm. I think construction is one of the fields where being a project manager, the pay is the lowest, to be honest. Like, yeah, it's because of the nature of the industry, actually, because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you see, if you're, if you're a project manager in a construction, you're a consultant. So like you have a certain fee you're charging, like, uh, and this is based on, so having a project is based on a client spending money. Like for example, uh, this COVID time, even for COVID time, the construction industry locally wasn't doing so well mm-hmm. because people, you need people to, you know, to be doing, to be investing money to build things, apartments, buildings or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. But for IT guys, I know IT guys and banking. Yeah. Those are, those are the guys whose paychecks are like, yeah. Yeah, they they're happy. They're happy to tell people I'm a project manager. Yeah, yeah. So it's. I think so. We've decided it's more to do with the title than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's 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 the title and the skills. Let me put also the skills. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's the same thing with being a doctor. People hear doctor, they're like, oh, oh my god. Yeah. And then really, like, if you look at our pay slip, it's not that great. But. Being yeah. a doctor is like, yeah, because uh, I mean, it's it's those professions where you're like, ah, this guy's a doctor, doctor, eh? but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the prestige that yeah. comes with that. Ex- yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, s- same thing with doing, because uh, I want to do a PhD. So wow. same thing with doing a PhD. Like, it's 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 the title, to be honest. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going after that doctor now, title. Huh? call me doctor so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you had mentioned earlier that before you left for your internship, you were, before sorry before you left for your masters, you were doing an internship yeah. at quite a good company. Yeah. So a lot of people think that you know you do a masters, you come home, life is sorted. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Uh, so what, no. what was that like when you came home? <laughs> hell no, hell no. And I think <laughs> I think that's a notion people need to people need to understand yeah. it it only works if uh for example if you had put in some years before you do your mass if you're like an experienced person mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. even just say three years were doing something especially if it's doing something where you've also mastered it for example if i had left if i had done a project management for my undergrad or not even if i'd done uh engineering for my masters so if i had worked about three let's say i've got registered before i went to my masters and then I've done my master's, and I come back. I'll be like a hot cake. Like, uh, it won't be, it'll be easier for me getting jobs. Actually, it'll even be easier for me getting jobs uh, abroad because, mm-hmm. you know, because they look at the experience you have. But uh, for me, I had to because I didn't have 
I mean, I had bits of a project management experience, but I had to start. I remember I started looking for jobs. I was still in the UK, like you know, it was more of like online tamaking, you know, because uh, a friend of mine told me the trick of uh, when you're sending CVs like uh, to companies, mm-hmm. don't send them to HR. Look, look at the company's website. See if they've listed. You know, when they where they say like our team. Yeah. So you look at the top top bosses and see whether they've listed their emails. Send those guys an email with your CV and your cover letter. Like you're getting, wow. I I guarantee you, I was getting more responses. Even though they are rejection, it's responses. It's like somebody has read it and it's mm-hmm. telling me this and this. Like yeah, so that's how I ended up getting. Uh, I got two interviews while I was I was still in the UK. Was, they told me like yeah, when you come back, yeah, just let us know and we have a meeting, we meet up. Like yeah, and that's that's what I did. But yeah, it's still it. Nothing comes easy. However, like you still need to put in, need to tarmac, uh, and especially, I'll say especially what you study. Like you need to look at if you're coming back to Kenya to work, you know, mm-hmm. you need to look at what you studied. Is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you looking to get employed? And if you are, what you study is it? Is there anybody who's you know offering a position in that in that field or anything? Yeah, because things can get really rough. Like, yeah, yeah. Wow. I think that's so true. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people do look at masters. And I think people need to realize that actually sometimes a master's makes you, you end up being, what's the word for it? Um, You're too experienced in the sense of you're too educated. So you can't really get a graduate entry job, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're looking at someone with a master, someone with an undergrad, they would probably give the job to the guy with the undergrad and the person with the master. So a master's for sure isn't necessarily the step up. If if you feel like you're doing it, I think it definitely comes with a passion and you definitely had the passion for that. That makes sense. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Because like a master's, a master's for me was, yeah, Yes, it was for job, better job prospects. But also for me, it was more of a personal development kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's actually why I want to do a PhD, because I see it as a challenge. I don't want to do a PhD mm-hmm. because I want to be that scientist I thought I'll be when I was in Form 1. Mm-hmm. It's, more of a, <laughs> it's more of, I want to see if I can do it. And like, uh, and like yeah, that's basically it. It's just like self, you know, self-development. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it's so important to to know yourself and to keep pushing yourself to be better. So with exactly. self-development, just know what your end goal is and find different ways of just getting to it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, because cause, I mean, master's is not the only way to, to progress here because some, cause really even these professional certificates, they actually are big, a, a pretty big deal. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They are really, they do help us stepping stones to getting to the next level. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to ask you, so for those listening, I met Ian through my sister. They were both at the same university. <laughs> um, and I know you got a few jobs. You were able to work in the UK after you finished your master's. Am I right? Yeah. So yeah. tell us what, what you did. Was it easy to get that job and just what the whole process was like? <laughs> uh, okay. So after my master's, the jobs I got were actually not in construction. They were mm-hmm. in uh, higher education. So it all started with, uh, so when I joined, you know, master's, I was living in a university accommodation. So they have these committees basically to promote, uh, I think, social, basically social activities, social interactions within the within the hall and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided to run for a position. I mean, I, 
So this is just a, a accommodation committee. I got it. And like, I enjoy the role of uh, just interacting with students from other halls and all that. So by the time I was finishing my master's, this is like 2017, around August time, mm -hmm. they had elections for the student union leaders, like uh, those people who are aware of University of Nairobi, they know the tales of Babuino and those. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's like it's that, the, the tales of Sonu and the fracases to bring. So most universities in the UK have a properly established student union. And like over here, it's like well run. It's, it, it's run like a charity organization. Mm -hmm. And being a student leader, it's a full-time job. Like it's a nine to five. So you can either do it after you've finished your studies or you take a gap year if you're an undergrad. Mm -hmm. So I decided to run. They, they, they had a position for a post postgraduate executive officer. Yeah, the title sounds fancy, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so like I ran in the election. Actually, it was a by-election because uh, the guy who had won it initially like uh, got another job, so he left. So they did a by-election. This time mm -hmm. I decided to throw my heart into the ring. And then, uh, yeah, I got elected. I won. <laughs> like, nice. I remember I remember I was in the library doing my dissertation. And then I get a call. And they're like, is this Ian? I'm like, yeah. yeah I'm just, I just want to let you know that you've won the election. So I think they're expecting me to shout and, and be happy. But I was in the library. So I was like, and then I was like, wait, wait, wait. Like, I've, I've literally won this election. Yeah, so I was telling my happened? friend and they're like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, it was just crazy. I remember even telling my folks like, uh, "Yeah, I'm supposed to come home uh, next month, but uh, I'll be coming home in like December because yeah. I'm supposed to go home in September." I was like, "Yeah, I me, mean, I'm coming home in December." Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I got a job. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so like, yeah, so you get uh, so that job is for one year. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty I like it was a very interesting job i liked it uh in terms of uh, you tend to you represent rather you represent the students in university meetings like high level university meetings i'm talking about you're in meetings with like uh, the number twos and number threes for the whole university board like wow. yeah. and then they're asking you like uh, ian is this what postgrads think and then you over there are like, uh... like yes yes you know you have to know that <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, they do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Based on my consultations with them, that's literally like three people usually hang out with. Like, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, but it was an amazing job. Like, you know, just uh, I liked it because of how the many students I got to interact with, or rather, the many PhD students and master's students I got to interact with. Mm -hmm. Especially since all the friends I'd made, everybody went back to their countries after our master's was over. So I was like, oh, man, I'm back to square one. So, like, again, trying to make some friends and all that. So it was good. I enjoyed it. Highlight was uh, I got to organize, like, uh, an awards event. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just uh, recognizing and rewarding the efforts of uh, PhD researchers and lecturers themselves, giving them prizes and stuff, like, mm -hmm. yeah, being an MC and all that. Like, yeah. So did that for, yeah, it was a year. And then when I was about to finish, there's this group for postgraduate executive officers for the whole country, like just a common group of people in the same uh, job. Mm -hmm. So somebody posted a job opening, like a new job being created in the students' union where they work in Birmingham. So I was in Loughborough, and like uh, this was in Birmingham. So I looked at it, I'm like, oh, this looks like uh, more or less what I've done. So like I applied to it. And uh, <laughs> on my last day of, uh, of being a postgraduate officer in Loughborough, 
that's when Birmingham called me and like, oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, you got the job. So, wow. <laughs> so I was like, what? Again, like oh even like again, like hey, hey mom, like I know I'm supposed to come home next month, <laughs> but I got another job. <laughs> oh man, so like wow. yeah, yeah. So the the only reason I got that job is because mm-hmm. so in the UK as an international. To get employed, you need to work for companies that can sponsor your visa. Yeah. So, yeah. but being elected a student leader, that's still covered under the student visa. So they gave me an extension. Interesting. Yeah. So ideally, my visa is expiring uh, 20, 2018 mm-hmm. uh, Feb. But then when I got elected in 2017, they gave me an extension. So they're supposed to give me an extension for one year so that I can be able to do that role for LAFRA and mm-hmm. then uh, finish in twenty. But end of 2018, then go back home. These guys gave me a two-year extension. So wow. I'm talking to the international office when we're in university. I'm like, is this right? Even them, they're looking at it. I'm like, nah, this is not right. Like, uh, they've given you an extra year. So we we call them. So those guys are telling us, if I want my visa curtailed, I need to pay. <laughs> so so it was funny. So me, me and this international officer, we were looking at each other like, how does that even make sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So, that guy told me, well, Ian, you have two years. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, when I finished my job at LAFRA, I had, uh, I still had about, so I finished in 2018, uh, September. Mm-hmm. So, my my visa was expiring in, uh, actually, 2020 Feb. Like, yeah, 2020 Feb. So, uh, no, 2020 Jan. So, I had like a good 13, 15, I mean, a good 15 months. So, I was like, yeah, yeah cool. So, these guys in Birmingham, because mm-hmm. it was a new role they created. Ah, these guys are very nice. They told me they'll give me my contract based on the length of my visa because they knew wow. I'm still wow. under my yeah. visa. Yeah, because cause they, they cannot sponsor international students. But, still, cause, but because I still had my student visa, mm-hmm. they still had the right to work. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, cool. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm like, yeah, boom. And uh, that's how I ended up in Birmingham for like uh, 15 months. Like, yeah. Also, that was actually a good job. Like, yeah. So that was working in the student union, but more as an employee rather than a student leader. So like, mm-hmm. it's, it was interesting to work, you know, from the other side. Like, yeah. Not as fun as being a student leader, but still, uh, something great. was coming in my bank at the end of the month. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean... I, it's so crazy that they literally told you to pay if yeah. you want a shorter visa. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. Please, the God, the God, the God of yeah. visas is <laughs> on all of us. Bless all of us because that is that is an incredible story. Yeah. I mean, I think just listening to you this whole time, if there's anyone listening to this, if you're debating applying for something, just think to yourself: Would Ian do it? Yeah. Yeah. Just go ahead. Because really, you're you're the type of person who you're you're an opportunist. You know, you see an open door and you just go for it. Exactly. And you know, I love the fact that you know you you applied for something and you went on with your life. It wasn't that oh you're waiting. You were like, no, I'm doing my dissertation. If it comes, it comes. You told yeah. your mom you're coming home anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I really, I think that's a really admirable attitude to have. And I think also just listening to your story, it really sounds like you've been there's been something inside of you that has really wanted to manage and work with people yeah. you know someone who you know someone who goes and you know campaigns 
to be in a student <laughs> union, you know, is someone who really likes working with people. So I think just taking it all the way back, I'm into psychology. So when you were a child, was there something, because we, we like to make this podcast for, you know, high school students. Was there something in you? I don't know, were you a troublemaker? Were you, were you a prefect? You know, what was there something in you? Were you talking to too many people? Like, was there, would you say there's a characteristic that a manager has? Um, uh, so well, someone can know if it's the right path for them. Well, I wasn't a troublemaker, but in high school, I was a prefect, actually. Like, uh, <laughs> from uh, from form two all the way to form four, I was uh, a dumb prefect. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I was responsible to of uh, making sure the guys in my dorm, you know, got up and got out in time. Like, yeah. So, because I had the, it's weird, you know, I, and I'm thinking back about it. I'm like, it's uh, it's weird because. Uh, the dorm had these big gates, so like I had the key to the padlock because I'm the I'm the dorm I'm the dorm prefect. Like yeah, so I started off as an assistant dorm captain. Then when I reached from three, I was the dorm captain. So it was like my key. I mean, I have authority over here. So if I lock it, like you know, the dorm is closed. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, mind you, uh, the dorm the dorm where I was in the windows didn't have grills. So like if I locked it, you can just jump out. Like it doesn't even make sense. But still, that's the that sign of locking the dome. Guys knew like, ah, oh, yeah, we're in trouble now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So yeah, I think I think it's uh it's that feeling of power. To be honest, like uh, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, uh, I think I'm one of those guys who, if I'm ever get into politics, it's I'm borderline. Is he gonna be a dictator or like a good guy? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm I'm I just get drunk with power over here, basically. <laughs> No, but I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. Yeah. But if you, if you do wrong, if you do wrong, you're wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a balance. <laughs> I like that your your thirst for this leadership position, the positions of power are coming from a place where you're trying to help other people. Yeah. So you're not necessarily yeah. doing it just to dictate and to tell people what to do, but rather you're trying to be an example and trying to lead and trying to help others. So that's also very admirable. Oh, thanks. Wow. That story of yours about the job is just like, wow. I think, <laughs> I think for me, what I'm taking from hearing you talk about that is, you know, we talk about how looking for jobs, especially for international students in the UK who don't do engineering or these other technical courses, looking for a job after your degree is hard. But just from listening to your experience, look for jobs in other things that could still give you skills like we're saying earlier that could help you with your career so don't just focus on getting the job in i don't know marketing or engineering or whatever try and see what else you could do for your university and how you could build yourself up yeah exactly exactly because uh i'm sure i'm sure most people relate to this when their parents tell them like uh like whatever job you go, you, you get just just do it. Like you know, mm-hmm. there especially older generation parents. Like you know, you've been given work. Just you go, go do it. Because exactly. I think what they usually try and mean is like there's something you can learn from that. Even th- even though you hate it's, it, basically. yeah. One yeah. thing is you know, even if you hate something, it's not it's not forever. Mm-hmm. Like you know, mm-hmm. like for example, that uh, that job I had for Kibera, like I liked what the project was about, but the way things were operating, I'm like, it's just I like structure. So mm-hmm. there wasn't even any proper formalities or anything. So I didn't like that. But those three months there, like just they just made me realize, like, for example, 
uh, it made me realize how hard uh, mixing concrete is because funny story uh, we were working i think it was december time and uh, the the workers i think some of uh, some of them are stealing stuff some of them are just drunk so most of them are told like uh, to go home so so they're told to go home but i remember this day they hadn't called off the cement mixer so the cement mixer came and you know when cement comes you need to chuck it <laughs> like you need to lay it on the slab or whatever mm-hmm. so there isn't enough people so even us assistant site managers you know we used to call ourselves you know like supervising work as we're getting into the mix we need to lay this so the the, the concrete was being poured in a big big batch of uh, there's a big uh, metal kind of like bucket thingy so you go you chota it you put it eh, like that day, that day where they at the end, you're like, wow, this, this work is hard. This is hard work, baby. And the next day, you're just aching, eh? and you literally just did like you don't go work, baby. But wow, mm-hmm. wow. So, like, yeah, so things like that help you appreciate, like, uh, how these other, you know, basically even positions or like people who are working lower than you, how that job is. You know, it makes you appreciate those things. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Hey, yeah, talk about being humble. Right. Very quickly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Talking about loving power. And then, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe more of a fun question now. Student yeah. life. What was student life like <laughs> in the University of Nairobi and at LAFRA? Any similarities, differences? So for me, I think, I think student life is highly dependent on whether the university is where you live because i feel like for me because it was just close to home mm-hmm. it was just like i mean what's the difference <laughs> like also because i was staying at home yeah i'm like it's, it's yeah but i remember guys who whose home is on nairobi they're really having a blast yeah like yeah so in terms of university of nairobi i can say like i didn't have as much fun as guys who came from outside nairobi did but I went, but when I went to Lafra, oh, mm-hmm. like uh, that was a good time. I'll even lie, it was a, <laughs> it was a good time because, because uh, most you know you're meeting other international students, all of you in the same boat. You know, mm-hmm. come all this way. You just need you want to maximize on uh, every opportunity you get, yeah. and also because I came because University of Nairobi, the the what everything is like exam based, like. <laughs> It's either if you fail the exam, you fail the unit. Mm-hmm. You know, you're here, you're picking masters, and then they're telling you, first of all, you'll only have four exams the whole year, two exams per semester, and each count for like 50% or 40%. Yeah. So you're like, what? Yeah. Uh, so most of the work, also the work is like coursework and stuff. So, <laughs> so I remember doing the exams. I'm like, in fact, exams are my best time for masters because I'm like, this is this is easy, baby. I'm not, I, I, I think because there wasn't there wasn't pressure. There wasn't pressure of uh, of if I get this question wrong, I'll fail this exam, and then because mm. already by the time you're reaching exam, you're like I already have like forty percent or whatever. I just need like uh, 30 thirty percent mm. in this exam to get a distinction. Like yeah, yeah. So I remember my first uh, first semester exams. My first exam was on the first day, and my second exam was uh, three weeks later on the last day. So literally, I remember guys from my class. People went on holiday after the first exam. You, you go on holiday for two weeks, and then you come back, read for one week, and yeah. then you do the last exam. I remember even uh, there's a post on my Facebook I did. We went, a bunch of us went to Stonehenge. We said, like, uh, 
yeah, when exams are in session and failures are an option. Like, yeah, you're just, <laughs> you're just having a, you're just having a blast with it because you're like, dude, even if I fail this exam, I'm still passing this, I'm passing the unit with it. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that that was, uh, I think that contributed a lot to you know having a good time in uh, mm-hmm. in Lafro. Also, because. Uh, my first semester is only studying Monday to Thursday. My classes are Monday to Thursday, nine to one. Yeah. So it's like long weekend every time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I, hey, I remember Thursdays. Ooh, Thursdays are uh, really wild. <laughs> <laughs> you, showed, you showed them how Kenyans got here. Eh? I'm well, pretty sure. Because <laughs> like, cause like and I was in this big group of international students. So like, it was me and then uh, an Egyptian guy and another Mexican guy. Mm-hmm. Hey. Like I think I think guys for Southern Hemisphere, baby. Like uh, <laughs> how we party, baby. <laughs> it's like like it's just ridiculous. Huh? It was uh, it was a really good time. What we doing? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, that's that sounds like fun. I think <laughs> a lot of people when a lot of people go to university, I don't think they're encouraged enough to try and strike a balance between studying and having fun. So mm-hmm. for those listening. Yeah. Just try find the right balance so that you also enjoy your university years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I might add on to that, I think also for me because mm-hmm. I went for my masters because I didn't. I went when I was twenty five, mm-hmm. so I've already gone through university life undergrad. Yeah. So you kind of know, uh, you kind of know what 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 not to do in excess and what to do in excess. So you kind of have that moderation thing in your head. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like. Uh, like it's the first time I'm being independent and all that, so you you kind of have like a you know a sense of control by yourself. So I think that's why I was able to like really enjoy it. Like yeah, because I'm not worried about spending all my money because you know you've 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 got a notion of budgeting. You've got a notion yeah. of budgeting from your undergrad days, you know, with your allowance and whatnot. Like yeah, you know once once you've secured food for the month and whatever you need, the rest of the money you can just use it whatever you want. So like mm-hmm. yeah, I think that added to you know, the, the, the good times I had, yeah. So would you suggest for those listening to do their undergrad in Nairobi and then, not necessarily UN, but in Kenya and then go do their master's abroad or in hindsight, uh, especially having been in the student union, do both your degrees abroad or vice versa, do your, your undergrad in the UK, then come home for your master's? First of all, I take offense when you said not be university. Right? <laughs> well, like, I mean, <laughs> you bad mouth. So. <laughs> no, no, but like, uh, what I'll say is like, there's no right way, to be honest. Like, uh, for example, like a Gadoni sister, like, she, because I met her doing an undergrad. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I, to me, she was a very responsible person because like, uh, even the 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 job she had, you know, being, uh, I think they're called student ambassadors, you know, showing yes. guys around the school and all stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. So to me, it's more about the type of person you are. If you know, <laughs> I think I'll say this, if you know you're not a responsible person and you can easily get uh, swayed and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, distracted, uh, I'll, 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 I, maybe I can advise if you want to go your master's, do your master's abroad. Or, uh, I mean, yeah, it's better you do your master's abroad and you do your undergrad here. As at least you develop some, because when you're here, when you mess up, at least, I mean, there's, uh, I don't know, family around or whoever around that's going to, like, set you straight. But, like, if you're abroad for your undergrad and you have no notion of responsibility or, like, mm-hmm. knowing how to take care of yourself, it can get pretty tough, to be honest, because 
that especially that thing for budgeting you mm. might find yourself in the first 10 days of the month you finished all your money yeah you think you can be eating or rather you can be drinking starbucks every day mm-hmm. and as if you're working like you know like because <laughs> that's another thing people don't know how expensive things are baby like yeah, yeah. especially if you live in uni halls and uh, that's what i found out laundry isn't free and i'm like dude i have to pay to wash clothes and dry them yeah because of the winter you have to pay to dry yeah. them like yeah so you need to know how to you know pamper yourself so i, I that's what I'm saying. I think I think that's the only advice I'll give. But otherwise, I don't think there's a right or wrong way. Like yeah, yeah. Even if I might add, in terms of jobs, mm-hmm. like uh, sure, there's a high. I think there's a high higher chance if you do your undergrad, work, and then go to your masters. If it's in the same field, there's a maybe a higher chance you'll get uh, you'll get a better job if you're coming back here. This is all about all about coming back here. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, you'll get you'll get a you'll get a job quicker than somebody who did their undergrad and masters abroad and then just come and then now they're starting to look for work experience. Because I have a friend who did that. She went did her undergrad, finished, did her masters, and uh I mean she she stayed about five months, six months out of job, but she got a job, a good job. She started working at Nation and then now she's at CGTN. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, there are success stories in both cases, like yeah. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's still some adults, <laughs> mainly me, <laughs> who spend, you know, their money on the first 10 days of the month, and then the rest of the days, it's just... Uh, Sit at home. <laughs> but we're learning. <laughs> we're learning. No, I yeah. think I think that is excellent advice, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, you, you definitely just need to know yourself and make the right decisions for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's an individual journey. Just know yourself. Um, don't, exactly. don't look yeah. at what someone else is doing and think, oh, they know how to budget, so I think I can do it because we're the same major, yeah. we're in the same circle. So just know exactly. yourself, and there's nothing wrong with not being able to budget in the beginning. It just takes practice, and it's better to practice when you're in exactly. a safe space. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so, oh my God, this conversation has been, like, so much fun and so enlightening. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just been so interesting hearing your different stories and your different journeys. Um, so just yeah. as we're wrapping up, what we like to do is we like to ask each other as co-hosts what we've learned from our guests and if there's anything we can pick up for our listeners. So Cynthia, what's one thing, what's your one takeaway, your one lesson from Ian today? Uh, well, I think it's what I said. If an opportunity comes my way, I just say yes. <laughs> I say yes. I do it and yeah. I forget about it. If it comes back, it comes back. Yeah. If it doesn't, it's good. Yeah. But I think definitely just say yes. Yeah. Just say yes, see where it takes you. And I think being open-minded, especially, mm-hmm. I think you, you know, you I, like just your jobs. I think your experience, like if someone was to look at, if you were to literally put every single thing that you have done mm. on your LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you would have so much experience because LinkedIn now is such an incredible tool for people to get jobs and to network. Exactly. And you would have the longest CV. And I think it would be really interesting to interview you. I mean, we've already been having so much fun this past hour, yeah. <laughs> but just interviewing you, you know, you offer so much and I think you can offer so much in a team. So I think I've learned that it might not be the job that I'm looking for, but I'm pretty sure there's a skill that I can learn. So yeah, yeah I'd say that's my lesson. Yeah, I think that's that's my same lesson as well. There's so many different things that you could do to that will help you that will help lead you to wherever you want to go to. 
So just yeah. go for it. It's just like you were saying, just be open, take all the opportunities, like your work experience, like, oh my God, I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. It's so good. And I <laughs> and I am a strong believer in like work experience before you land on your final job. So I think oh, yeah. for those listening, just be open. You never know. It may sound like a boring job, but you never know what you'll get out of it. I've been in situations myself where I feel like, oh, I don't really want to do it because it's not what I want to do, but it has helped me to get to where I am today. So I appreciate it. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and, and uh, one thing, if when uh, going back to when I was elected as a student leader, mm-hmm. that was a new thing for me. And uh, it, I mean, it, it's a proper job in terms of uh, the working hours and the remuneration and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's no... Rather, for my position, there wasn't anybody telling me how the work is done. Like, you know, I was doing it all by myself. So mm-hmm. uh, the first, I think the first three months were really difficult for me because I was like, where do I even start and whatnot. But then I remember there was a whiteboard next to me. Mm-hmm. And I think I just read uh, some of these inspiration quotes. So, like, I just wrote something like, uh, don't be afraid to fail. Because uh, that's, I think, uh, that, that was the thing that was... Uh, really like uh, inhibiting me so i was mm-hmm. like just if you think of something and like uh, you know you talk to somebody they're telling you it's good or whatnot just try and do it like yeah just do it because you never know like uh, you yeah. never know so like yeah yeah i can i can assure you that some events i i i, I hosted or rather i i i set up and only two or three people showed up but then i was like you know what like we, we continue like you know like yeah so we move we move <laughs> exactly we move yeah yeah so for the past, actually, uh, since last year, mm-hmm. like I've been having this attitude of uh, if if I've done something or like even have a I've had a bad day or something I've done hasn't worked, I'm like, yeah, that's that's for today. Like uh, next day I'm waking up, I'm like, uh, it's a new me. I'm doing things because like even even this past week, we had a we had a big meeting in the office on Monday, like uh, some international jobs, but like so I was representing my boss before he joined in. So I didn't mm-hmm. say much. So when he joined, he didn't hear me say a lot. So after the meeting, he was like, how come I didn't hear you speak? And I was like, oh, it was, more, it was just more like listening and stuff. But then I felt, I felt like I should have spoken like in that meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Monday, I felt like, oh man, this sucks. Then Tuesday, I was like, oh, it's a brand new day. Like, yeah, I forgot what happened yesterday. Like, uh, <laughs> what's going on? Like, yeah, <laughs> like even how I carry myself in the office, like, yeah. it's, it's like I psych myself up, you know, like, yeah, I can, uh, I know everything. Like, yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. it looks like I know everything, but I don't know everything. <laughs> but it just puts me in a good mood for you. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that, that really helps me, baby. Just psyching myself up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So, guys, for those listening, don't be afraid to fail and also don't uh, yeah, dwell. Don't, yeah. And don't dwell yeah. so much on what has happened. Just take it as a lesson uh, and yeah. move on. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much, Ian, for being here today. We have hey, you really entertained us. <laughs> <We've learned laughs> a lot. <laughs> thank you we for having me. So yeah. so much. Yeah. Um. Is there uh? So we usually um wrap up with asking the guests to kind of share where the the guests can find you. So if it's your social medias, a website, LinkedIn, whatever. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh. I mean, this is embarrassing. I don't even know my LinkedIn. I think it's just Ian Mararo. Like, yeah, I think that's my name on LinkedIn. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Look me up on LinkedIn. Like, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll find me. Like, I'll be the smiling guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
like yeah, I'm happy I'm happy to answer any questions about uh you know people wanting to go study abroad or like the field where I'm at like yeah. mm-hmm. amazing thank you mm-hmm. so so much this has been honestly so much fun why <laughs> you guys but I've enjoyed it <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank um, you for having me guys yeah no worries and thank you guys for listening i guess we'll see you in our next episode yes 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 and uh yeah i wouldn't mind being called back again like yeah yeah i can be uh i can be a guest that keeps on coming back like <laughs> oh, we love that <laughs> yeah we are going to take you up on that for sure <laughs> yeah, like yeah five years later yeah, i'm still giving this like i'm telling you what's been going on <laughs> hey, guys guess what construction need work out like you know i'm now a scientist guys i'm now a scientist <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Hey guys, welcome to a Kenyan's experience. A podcast for Kenyans by Kenyans. In this podcast, we use real, raw, and personal journeys to provide you with the knowledge and the power to demystify, simplify, and make better decisions about your academic and professional future. This podcast is relevant for everyone at any point in their academic or career path, from high schoolers to university students to industry professionals and even those looking to pivot later in their careers. On this podcast, we ask the questions you wish you had before you started your journey and normalize making bold decisions for you. So tune in for a once-weekly episode that will leave you inspired, challenged, and laughing as Kenyans tell their stories here on a Kenyan's experience. <laughs>